Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by Nick Sutherland from MindFit. Nico, where do we find you at the minute, mate? You are not in your usual spot. No, I've just come in from bumfuck Idaho, um, <laughs> northwest Queensland, and uh, now thankfully I'm in civilization in uh, in Agnes Water, just near the the gateway to the Barrier Reef. Wow, wait. So is this like one of your new neighbours' houses or something? No, this is no. So we live fifteen. We, we just bought the. Everyone knows about the property we bought. It's Oh, listeners do. It's 15 minutes out of town uh, in the hinterland. And and so I've come into town to use some Wi-Fi today because I need to record this. And yeah, just met a random dude online and really good dude. And he's actually going to come and be a guest on the podcast. He's got a podcast. He wants me to be a guest on his podcast. He's into mental health. And it's just, I love my life. I just, I love, remember years ago when I just surrendered. I've got no fucking idea what I'm doing. Let's just let the universe tell me what to do and where to go. And, and I'm just, I just turn up and it all just happens. So I wonder what's going to happen today. Hey, that morning motto of yours. (laughs) That is my morning motto. I wonder what today will bring. It is. I'm very, very excited that we have a guest on today and it's a guest that I'm really interested in speaking to. We have Melanie Gleason, the founder of Indota Spas. For those listeners around Australia will surely know uh, Indota Spa. I think I've bought sure. every one of my ex-girlfriends an Indota Spa voucher <laughs> at some point. Hopefully that's we- not why they're exes now, but thank you. <laughs> surely that didn't play a role. Maybe I was doing it to make up for something I did bad, right? Um, so I've got Melanie on today to talk about sort of her journey starting in Dota Spas. I believe it was with, with the one stop on the Mornington Peninsula, now to over 100 all around the country. And um, Nick and I are going to have a chat to her about her journey within Dota and also, you know, whatever comes up in conversation. So Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Whereabouts was that first store exactly? Uh, the first one was in Mount Martha on the Mornington Peninsula and it was a house and we ran a bed and breakfast, which we didn't really know how to do, but we did a small business course on it and um, and a spa. But we nearly didn't get our permits because 20 years ago um, there wasn't really a wellness industry and people didn't really know what it was. Anyway, I remember filling out the permit sign and we had to write what we did so I did massage facials body treatments and we had 14 objections from the local council because they thought we were going to be a brothel (laughs) (laughs) was it the clothes you're wearing or the vibe you put out or it's because we said massage Uh, Uh, yes so whereabouts um, in whereabouts in Mount Martha was it Bird Rock Bird Rock Avenue I used to live in uh, Helena Street. So. Oh, nice. It's near yeah. the DAVA, the DARPA. <laughs> <laughs> 20 um, years ago, I could have come up for a, a massage. <laughs> you certainly could have. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had to go and talk to the council and um, explain to them. Convince them that you weren't a rubber tag And I remember one of them saying, but who are you working for? I was like, no one. We just this is just us. We're starting it, and so it was a lot about um, education, really education of of well being and what it meant to live better and feel better. It just wasn't, you know, everybody now is in yoga gear and they're drinking smoothies and we're all doing things to live our optimum lives. But um, it wasn't really a thing twenty years ago. What a That's change in 20 years. What a change. Even what you, what a change. Even what you just yeah. said then was to live better and what was it? What did you say? Live better and feel better. The, the yeah. mind, fit, mind fit slogan is think better, live better. So, oh, agreed. Yeah. And, and we, we've had to do, you know, I've been doing this for about 13 years and I rebranded a few years ago and, and took a, an educational approach to mental health and, and we're doing yeah. psychoeducation and, and cognitive retraining. So yeah. equipping people with, with the tools to think constructively and everything. And, and it, it took, 
time to educate the market and say, look, this is what we're doing. There's another way of living and it doesn't involve so much stress or tension or anxiety or so on. So it's amazing that you're, you're 20 years down the track with that. Yeah, and now the global wellness industry is like $4.5 trillion. Wow. So what was what was seen as a fringe sort of woo-woo, it's a, it's a viable growing industry someone asked i did an interview um what you've just said nick an interview about um wellness and the misconceptions and one of the things that i said was a misconception is wellness is just for you know a certain type of person or people with money to spend on it and I said, oh, that is a misconception because for me, exactly what you said, if your mind is right, that is the starting point. And no matter well, your so circumstances, even though hard they may be, you can shift this. But so much of the wellness industry is symptom orientated as well. It's, it's medicating the symptoms. Yeah. So we're trying to get in and change the root cause of what's going on. And I'll, you know, we're, we're opening up the the retreat up here, and it's all going to be based around the World Health Organization's definition of health, which is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease and infirmity. Yeah. And yeah. that second part is so important because people think, "Oh, I don't have a cold; I must be well." But their underlying stress, their cortisol, their adrenaline, their dopamine, and all their systems yeah. are, uh, are really heightened. So. Yeah, it's really important to, to help people into that understanding of what wellness really is. Yeah, and we have to go back to um, it's not new. It's so ancient it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. And we just have to go back like you're doing, back to basics. Look at nature, learn from nature, live in nature, simple things. The law, the law of nature is that everything is impermanent and, and people what? live outside of that and get terribly fixated on everything being a certain way and how they'd like it to be but and it's just that bringing them back to nature and it's yeah. so easy when, when you when you do it that way yeah agreed so melanie if there like wasn't yeah. much of an industry back then 20 years ago what yeah. led you down that path were you on a you know a bit of a journey in that area personally which is why you wanted to open up a business and help others i had been working um in one of the only spas in melbourne it was at george's uh, and it shut down. Oh. The whole um, department store shut down. So then I went and worked somewhere else and um, in Eltham, which is an hour and a half from Frankston where I was living, and I worked there for about six years. Um, and the person who owned that taught me how to run a small business, really. But I was sick of travelling an hour and a half each way every day, and so and that's why I really started on the Mornington Peninsula. But loved, loved when people came in, they would be like this or, you know, and then after a treatment. So you could see, you could see the physical change, but there was also an emotional change. Now, anyone who listens to your podcast that is a therapist or a treatment provider will know that sometimes in the rooms uh, whether there's a lot of, stuff that comes up and a lot of mm -hmm. shedding of stuff. And so there is a there is a physical change and emotional change. And I wanted to be able to take that feeling to more people and wanted more people to feel better. And that's the same thing we do today, 20, 20 odd years on. We make people feel better and we care for their well-being. And our values and our this, we're saying the same things as we did back then, really. But I was lucky. I went to um, Woodley on the Mornington Peninsula, which was a school that was ahead of its time, really. And I did my first yoga retreat when I was in year 10. So they very much looked at education, exper experiential education. And I think having that upbringing sort of guided me into this area. Woodley had three rules which was brilliant because they covered everything, respect for self, others in the environment. And then that sort of shaped, you know, everything shapes where you are today. And, and that was a big, a big influence on me. What a wonderful framework to have early on. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've got, I've, I've got a three-year-old boy and that's the kind of things I would love to instill in him. I certainly didn't learn that stuff at school. Well, I must have gone to a different type of school in the eastern <laughs> suburbs of yeah. Melbourne. I was disrespectful. I was too busy wagging school. Yeah. Well, my husband did go to a different – he went to Ballon Park Tech in Coringle and he did – that. it was a different – I was very mm. fortunate to go to that school. It's sort of influenced by a little bit Steiner, a little bit Montessori – um, yeah. Did you go there with Steph Bodle? Yeah, I know Steph. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her so daughter Steph. is an excellent soccer player. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Steph. Shout Steph's, out. Actually, Steph's. funny story, probably not one for the podcast. No, nah, go on. It's, it's always for the podcast. Now, can't take it back. In year, so in year six, I had a mad crush on a boy called Ben Costa, and that is Steph's older brother. And when we met, because Tilly played soccer with my son Fergus, we sort of got, oh, your brother's Ben. I had a mad crush on Ben. Yeah, we all <laughs> so the peninsula, very insular, yes. The insular peninsula. Did you know yeah. Emma Stevens? Emma Stevens went there for, I think, the last two years of her school. No. Maybe by face, not by name, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, very insular anyway. Very insular, very insular. So, Melanie, how do we go from, you know, a, a perceived brothel by the local council and getting that approved to having yeah. over 100 stores now Australia-wide? Tell me about that process. You know, I know the, you know, stresses of, of running a business on a smaller scale than you do now, and I'm really interested in in that process of growth and also kind of how you've maintained your, your centre throughout that time. Yes. Um, well, there have been very stressful moments um, during the journey, but I think having an underlying confidence that I could give it a go and if it didn't work, that would be okay, helped. Um, I'm very driven, uh, which I, I've learned along the way, obviously, um, and a lot of hard work, but I think as well that the industry and the consciousness was changing, so that helped. So if we flash forward 20 years, um, yeah, we've got over 100 spas. We employ over 1,000 people, majority of women. Majority of my senior team are women. Um, we've got a training school. In We've got three campuses, Docklands, Fortitude Valley and Alexandria in New South Wales, and we train over 300 students per annum in remedial uh, salon management and beauty therapy. We make skincare and wellness products and we've got over 230 of those we distribute internationally so it's been a lot of different areas and now we've got the online retreat which is something that we thought up so i think the network so turns clearly you, just, you just waved a magic wand to them and it all yeah. just happens sounds Sound well, really easy yeah no problem i'm gonna get one of those wands yeah well You've got one of those ones. Um, I, I loved what you said at the start because uh, it, it rang a very familiar bell and I think this is all the studies they've, they've done on success, it comes down to persistence. Persistence is the one key factor to, to, to create success. Um, and and my way of saying persistence is I trust the seaworthiness of my own ship. I trust myself completely that I will manage and, and everything will be as it needs to be. And, and I heard that in what you said initially there. It's just that, yeah, whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to give it a crack and, and so be it. Yeah, persistence. But sometimes I think my persistence is also just relentlessness, you know, like, ugh, I just don't stop or take does, no does that, is, that, is that relentlessness? Is that is that a pushing through because we we talk about going with the flow flowing instead of force manufacture um is not as great as organic so you know did you do you think there were times when you manufactured and it didn't work or, or where and you've learned that okay stop manufacturing stop being so excessive in that force or i think For me, the underlying belief and knowing is that things will be okay and everything will work out and I have a great belief in the universe and the laws of the universe. So I'm very conscious of cause and effect and 
what we think, act, say, and do. That's one half of my head. The other half of my head is also aware that I can think of these things, but if I don't act to make it happen, then they, they may just be a thinking thing that floats away and I've missed that opportunity. So I think Endota as a business really combines the spirit with action mm. and that's how I sort of live because I'll have an idea but if I don't act on it, it will come and go and the opportunity has mm. gone. So it's both. Well, it, it's, it's, both. it's meeting the universe halfway, isn't it? You've got yeah. to think of the ideas and you've got to turn up and, and do your do half, it. but then the, uni the universe has to do its half as well. Well, it's yeah. like the, the word inspiration is spirit in action, and that's kind of what oh, you're describing here. Yeah. Spirit in action. Yeah, that's what we are, spirit in action. Yeah, wholeheartedly believe that. Co-creators with the divine. Yeah. Anywho, so, yes, both <laughs> No, that's wonderful. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, like we're, we're, we're in the same wheelhouse, you know. It's, it's that, um, you know, working with the universe, uh, meeting it halfway, just living in that sense of trust. It's... Um, I can only do what I can do, but it's it's you know it's so important. It's great when to hear other people doing that as well, because you know Ryan and I are on our business journeys. He's doing his thing, I'm doing my thing. So it's great to to be inspired by businesses. Yeah. You know, spirit. One thing that jumped out as well. Sorry to cut you off, Imani, but one thing you said first was really really important that a lot of people don't quite grasp. And you said, I just thought I could give it a go, and I knew that I'd be okay. And it's like this playing out of the of the worst case scenario uh, kind of deal there. And I think so many people are interesting to the, the listeners um, to try to tune in and just be like, you know, what what haven't I done or given a go because I feel like for whatever reason I won't be okay. Because at the end yeah. of the day, everything we've been through up until this point, we've been okay because we're still here. And so it's like yeah. if we can make peace with that, then it kind of, I guess, frees us up to do things that we mightn't have done with that fear in place. I think I had that frame of mind because I have a very loving and close family, so they were always like, just do your best. So that grounding sort of helps. And then also I was 26 when I started it, so I was. some of it was faith and some of it was just naivety, like I just didn't know what was ahead. <laughs> do you believe that you need that naivety, though? Because if you knew the reality of how hard it would be, you might be like, like that ignorance is bliss yeah yeah a little bit of that but i think i probably would have done it anyway right okay. it's almost harder now like the network now turns over about 160 million and we i've got an enormous amount of responsibility of the clients the people that work for us our franchisees our suppliers like if i actually start thinking about all that stuff i'm like ooh, don't just mm. don't keep going don't think about that and especially during mm. the last two years when who knew what was going to happen. So I remember at the start of the two years, it was like, oh, my God, are we going to be able to keep going? Like everybody, we're going to have to cut back, everyone reduce their wages, like come on, kids, we've got to just work through how we're going to do this. And then we did it and now we're like, well, we came through that okay. Well, we came through that okay because we had a clear plan and our values were aligned. But in the beginning of the pandemic, we didn't know who would survive and who wouldn't in business, in life, in everything. So... What was I saying? I can't remember. Oh, no, anyway. it was an important point because my next my next question was around COVID. So it's, I would love oh, to know, right, yeah, some of the the, yeah. the details around handling that because I know being such a, obviously a yes, you've got your your product line and everything, but being the main yeah. core of your business is such hands on work. Service, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, oh, you I said know what's going that, yeah. So naivety was good a little bit, yes, but also I would probably still do it anyway harder i get it that it's harder for people to start something new when you've got more to lose is where i was going with that thought so yeah. i do get that um because i didn't have a house or anything or two you know two i wasn't married i was all that came later so i do get i had no responsibility then up to anyone but myself so mm -hmm. that i get that that changes a little bit you had more, more free you had more free, freedom, freedom to, to yeah. put yourself out there yeah, yeah. um and then COVID, sorry, what was the question? Yeah, I think um, yeah, one of the things you talked about over the last two years is you got through it by having a plan in place. You also yes. said your values were aligned. That's really interesting yeah. to me. Like, tell me a little bit about that. So the Endota values are intent, connect, truth and balance. And 
I remember ages and ages ago, we had like a consulting firm come in and they said, you need two sets of values. You need an outward facing for the customer and you need an inward facing for your internal teams. And I was like, oh, hang on, that is not going to work because I can't remember any more than four, <laughs> let alone put them into action and live them. Anyway, and a, a lot of backwards and forwards, but we said we ended on four. And the reason we ended on four is because I want everybody who works at Indota to know them and live them. So we make values. I know a lot of people talk about it now, but we've our values are our beliefs that shape our decision-making process and the way we choose to live. So at Indota, we we have an awards. Um, it's a therapist recognition night. So every year we recognise our therapists and the awards are named after our values. We give we give prizes with our, I can't find one, but we had a little key ring and it had the values on. We hire and fire on those values because the reason why we do and we make it so important is along my journey, if we, I even talk to our suppliers about our values, I talk to our international distribution partners, the times that I haven't, in the beginning, we we did a lot of things just to grow. And I worked with people that didn't share the same values, which is cool. If you don't share the values, that's fine. But when you try and work with someone who doesn't share your values, that's when it falls apart. So what I've learned is values are important because it makes the job easier in the long run. With growth, I can't be everywhere now. Like I used to know everybody and the kids and in the net. That doesn't happen. But if we share similar values, we know that if I'm not in the room, we would still make a similar decision or act a similar way. The values so are in the room still, aren't they? The values are in the room. If we've got a hard decision to make and we have to make them, we go back to the values. Are we making it with the right intent? You know, all of those things. Um, yeah, so values are super important for our business. And I think the other thing that's really important that's becoming more fashionable, I suppose, now is leading with what we call feminine traits. So we believe that we all have masculine and feminine within us. We're moving very much away from the hard, fast, get up, fucking do it, no matter what, kill yourself, I don't care about you sort of mode into a, which is how a lot of businesses are still run, quite frankly. Yeah into the way we've always run, which is a collaborative nurturing. We don't know everything, so we've got to keep learning uh, that way. And the majority of the people that work with us are part-time mums who have all sorts of things that they're doing as well. So we've had to nurture that along the way. So for us, the shift, although nervous at start to moving to working from home, all of those things were made easier because of how we worked already, I think. Um, and it is a new way of doing business now. It's the new way moving forward. It has to be all of those things combined. It can't just be. Yeah, and I think it's it's me, me and Nick talk about it a lot. As we we totally agree, every every person has a masculine and feminine and qualities. And with business up until recently, it has been that just masculine dominant. I think there's been a belief there that that's the way that business has to be run or it won't be successful. So that's why I think, you know, what you're doing is so important because you are showing counter evidence to that belief and going, hey, we don't have to do things that way. There might be a time and place for that, yeah. but it's not beneficial 100% of the time. And I think it's a lot better for the, you know, workers, partners and everything coming more from that feminine space. Would you agree, Nico? Yeah, it's sad when you see a woman go into a, a male-dominant industry and her masculine side really comes out because she feels she has to meet masculine energy with masculine energy. So it, it's it's great when, when you do meet anyone. And, and I spoke to – I'm bringing on a new practitioner and I was speaking to him the other week about um, – what I've noticed within myself recently is when I'm working with females, lots of females love working with me uh, and, and, and this is just their feedback because they don't feel threatened. It's not another female with a female there. And that, that was really interesting to learn many years ago. But I've noticed when I'm working with is a female... Is it that or do they just think you're two hotties? I don't know. Don't no, know. no, it's definitely not yeah, that. I wouldn't definitely. think Nick's a hottie. I wouldn't think, uh, no, no well, we they can, probably we can rule that out. They would. We can rule that out. Thinking about it, thinking about it, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> and so, so 
and I, I said to Dan, this other practitioner, I'm like, when I'm working with a, a female, my, my, my female energy is front and center, my male energy is at the back, but when I'm working mm-hmm. with the man, um, it's vice versa. But, but both energies are still in play, and yeah. I've done a lot of work over the years to, to balance those energies out. So, you know, I talk about, you know, um, things that not a lot of blokes, especially coming from the army, um, talk about, but yet I ride a motorbike and covered in tattoos and everything. So it's, 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 a, it's taken work to get into that space, but it's, it's so important to have both of those energies available and accessible. Yeah. It's, it's, the, same with the, it's the same with the reverse as well, offense. Like a lot of men are, will go with a, a female therapist because mm. they can find they can relax. There's not that, yeah. you know, the, you know, who's alpha in here, all that kind of jazz. It's like the, 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 a healthy feminine will help the masculine relax. And that's why oftentimes that works as well. But yeah, ideally we integrate both. Yeah, agreed. Mm. And so when you, when you talk about balance, uh, and we're speaking about male and feminine energy within ourselves, but your workforce is predominantly female, so you don't see the need to balance out the workforce with males and females? I would. Um, I don't see the need to, but I would if they wanted to get into this industry. We've got a, a lot more of our mas- remedial masseurs are blokes. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't... We just... If you it's just what, it's just what the business attracts. Work, that's it. Well, yeah. I think the industry attracts has previously attracted more women. Um, yeah. I think that's changing. Um, we've got a few guys going through our school now, but it is a different. It is something that will change slowly. I I think um, because of all the beliefs that we've held prior. You know, mm. it has it is seen as a softer, more feminine industry, but that that's changing. It's changing, and and people are learning. We've got both within us, so yeah. I felt like but a fish out of water in my industry. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I wasn't suggesting that. I, yeah. You know, I turn up to my industry association events and whatever, and I'm definitely part of the minority, a male under yeah. fifty in um, yeah. you know in in that industry, and yeah. Ryan's the same. It's where yeah, the, the, the typical stereotypical um, practitioner in our industry is like a 60-year-old woman who is, oh, come in and tell me all about such and such. Yeah. Yeah, I keep getting called a young different. guy. I'm like, I'm not young. Yes, yeah, <laughs> um, the, the area that when I go to business or when I did before COVID, business events or talk with other CEOs, they're predominantly men. Mm. Yeah, so... Did you, did you feel yourself shift when you went into those spaces? Did you feel your energy changing and, or did you feel fairly... I love the expression, they who are grounded within themselves don't need to look outside for approval and so therefore we are able to stay more grounded and, and in our own space. Did you feel yourself shifting early on to try and match them or anything or just unconsciously? No, you just turned right. up and did you? Yeah, I think because of that confidence that was instilled yeah. in me and also I know we're all not the same and I'm not trying to be a man. I don't want to be a man. No. No. Um, so I don't feel like I have to, I don't know. Yeah. No, I think I'm the same. Mm. That's awesome. Oh, was, that might I was just, the, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. it was just more from a, from a, from a, um, un, yeah, an unconscious sort of, not, not yeah. a conscious, right? I have to go in here and do anything, but did you, I was wondering whether you felt yourself, yeah, shift, but if you didn't, that's great. I actually think being, um, when I, like being 26 when I started and a woman was a bit of a novelty. So mm. with, with suppliers or landlords or anyone that was a man, it was sort of they weren't used to talking to a 26-year-old who ran their own business back then. So if anything, I was shown I never found working with men to be a disadvantage. I found that they were very genuine and open with their sharing of knowledge because mm. and I don't because uh, 
I don't know whether you share so that you much. You brought that out in them. You, you brought out that nurturing sort of side. Well, of they, yeah, and I learned. I mean, a lot of my mentors were and still are um, guys. My board. Um, I've got some amazing people on my board who are very entrepreneurial, um, and they're guys in their sixties, and they're you know they've imparted so much guidance and knowledge. So it is about you. You need both. You need yeah. both, and we have to appreciate everything that everybody brings. Yeah. Melanie, <laughs> I, was, I was reading a little blog thing before I jumped on here where you were being interviewed and it was like did a... Did you research? Yeah, I did two minutes. <laughs> You've changed yeah, me. I've changed. Look at me. Change. I've got a microphone. I'm professional now. Um, and you were giving little like, you know, sing a couple of word answers to some questions. And there was two that jumped out to me that I wouldn't mind you elaborating <laughs> on. Yeah. No, so you, bad. you know what? Ask me tomorrow. They'll be different again. We're gone, yeah? Success is, and you said feeling free and accepting myself, okay, which is beautiful. A topic on this podcast over and over again is how do we, you know, accept ourselves. So I'd maybe like your uh, definition. It's, all, it's also redefining success as well. We, we talk a lot yeah. about. Of course. Yeah. So like what is feeling free and accepting yourself to you and maybe how do people not accept themselves? Where do you see people getting in their own way, I guess is my question. Uh, okay, a couple of things. So my main, when I say that I think, I love it when I see people reaching their full optimum potential, whatever that may be. If you see people doing something that they love or they're, you know, they're, I, I want everybody really to be able to do that and think that they can. That's freedom to me. Um Freedom is also not worrying for me about what other people think. Oh, yeah. Good one. Um, so, and that comes from the confidence thing at the beginning. I know I'm loved. I've got a beautiful family and great friends. And even if I muck up or whatever, it, that's okay. So that is a feeling of freedom when you can be yourself. Um, that's good. Also, uh, you know, I'm change and I'm always learning. So something I said a year ago could be totally different today, but I don't get mad at myself for that or think, well, you sounded like a loser back then, Mel. Uh, okay, whatever. I was just learning. That's what I thought then. I've learned some more stuff. This is what I think now. So I, I'm always learning. I think that helps with freedom. And then success was a different sort of one that I had to get over. And I only had a realisation the other day. Mum used to say to me, Mum, Money is the root of all evil, you know, from the Bible. <laughs> so I brought, I was brought up thinking, oh, you know, and and my son asked me something the other day. Oh, I know what it was. He had to go to hospital. We had to go to a hospital and then we had to go to, a, and then we went to a private hospital. And he said, well, that was a different experience. And I said to him, yes, it was, mate. Money gives you choices. And so I had to change my relationship with money from being the root of all evil and it's just causing evil to actually it's not bad having some cash because you can help people and you can do some stuff and you can have choices. It doesn't it's not the only thing, it's but just it's still helps. Just, just a tool. So how you wield it. Yeah, so I had to learn that. Um but then I also know everything you have can be taken away. So you have to find it from within. I have to be happy today with who I am with where I've got to, because that could change. I can't rely on external forces to make me feel successful or happy. Brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. A real changing around money programming. So many people have yeah. that. That was a big one for me as well. Money was money equaled conflict because that was my conditioning growing up. So it's like yeah. if, I, if I have money in my possession, there'll be conflict. So then subconsciously when I got into my 20s, I would just get rid of that stuff <laughs> at, yeah. at all costs, you know, and um, yeah. and that's and that's a lot of the work me and Nick do was kind of undoing a lot of that programming that that so many of yeah. us had, especially in Australia, we've got that the tall poppy syndrome thing is real, and so many people yeah. see people that are successful and um, talk badly of them, and then the kids that see that go, oh, I better not reach up for my potential like you were talking mm. about because then I'm going to be disapproved of by my peers, and yeah, um, yeah. no, um, yeah, we need to change just, that. Story. I'm just listening, listening to you today, Mel. It's uh, oh, oh, what I'm hearing. Um, there's no analysis going on, but it's just 
just how I listen is a very emotionally healthy person. And if you're, you know, at the center of your business, then of course that's going to go through the business. And of course the business is going to be healthy because, you know, the, the, what is it? The fish rots from the head down. So, um, it must also yeah, be healthy from the head down if that's the case. <laughs> well, hurt people, hurt people, heal people, heal people. Oh, so, yeah. It's uh, it's it's wonderful just just sitting back listening to to someone talk so similarly to how I speak about you know everything you say I'm going tick yep tick yep tick so in in, in a weird sense it's given me confidence no it's not giving me confidence it's it's um, validating I suppose the path I'm on and what we're doing in MindFit and yeah for me it's just it's happening very organically and I've got that persistence and I've got that trust and I you know I teach. It sounds like you've been through a mind program almost. It's, it's oh. like I, I teach happiness from, you know, is within. I learned the hard way through the military and coming out of that, you know, pretty banged up mentally and physically that when I had all this scaffolding around me, I was okay, I was happy. But then, you know, I learned the law of nature um, very intimately that everything is taken away from you. And, and that's when I went crashing down. So, you know, to, to hear you speak of that, there's not going to be a fear or an underlying anxiety in you that's going to permeate into your business. It's just that, you know, it's, it sounds beautiful. Congratulations mm. on achieving that. Thank you. I do think um, the work that we're doing, you guys and what you're doing and other practitioners, um, it is a big responsibility and especially with our men as well. Like you said, um, I wasn't aware that you came out of that environment, but, oh, my God, like we, it needs everything needs a rethink. Our governments, how they lead. Our, you know, we just need well, to even the paint, the penal system, all, all the systems, all the Schooling, systems that we operate. Everything. Everything. It's, it's, it's very unlearning, archaic. Isn't it? It's the very unlearning. archaic. The unlearning has to happen. Yeah, yeah unlearning. And, and so we're we you know the, the the one thing I hear the most. So we have a discovery session at Mindfield. Just to, it's a first date, just to make sure that that we're we're going to work well together. And the, the most common thing I hear is A, it's relatable, but B, why aren't we why aren't we learning this stuff in school? Why aren't we getting access to this stuff at an earlier age? And I'm like, because uh, the system's just not set up that way at the moment. So I live in hope that people, you know, in, in places where they can affect change in that regard will, you know, the, the prison system needs an overhaul. I mean, Ryan's done some hard time. I've spoken about that in earlier podcasts from his days of the as a it was two, two, two of the hardest days that anyone's ever done in prison i'll tell you what <laughs> but it's going to be great when when we can start um implementing that change and changing those systems and structures that we're all I know, up in. don't you feel like we're miles away from it i tried to do something recently with a prison to give um it was a women's prison and we wanted to work with them it, it got that hard because yeah. on the contraband list of what can enter and exit a prison, yeah. I, and I wanted to do it, right? And it, we couldn't even yeah. get essential oils in because then they would mask the the smell of smell anything else. Or drink. Yeah. And I was just like, far out. You can't even help if you want to. It's. It, I feel like, that's, yeah, that's... we've come a long way, but we've still got so much to do and... Our governments don't even get me started. Like, oh my god, like it's embarrassing. I feel like, are you embarrassed at how you run shit? But that's where we come back to control the controllables. What can we change? Yeah. Well, you know, my my partner studied permaculture and the work done by David Holmesman there, and you know the the farming industry is a terrible industry and the monoculture and all that. And I love what David's done because he's like, all right, I can't change the system by trying to change the system i can just create a new system that yeah. will attract people parallel and, systems and parallel so we've got to trust in, in that that one will deconstruct while the new one will yeah. grow yeah. and and eventually it will pass it by yeah yeah i had a bunch of people messaging me today because one of the mps down here fiona Patton, was putting forward a bill today to decriminalize all drugs and treat it as a health problem uh, addiction as a health problem and i saw a lot of people messaging me because that's what i've been banging on about for years but i'm like she will not get taken seriously 
And I think Dan Andrews has already said, oh, I'm not taking this very seriously. So yeah, I'm a little bit with you, Melanie. I think it's a yeah, fair way off until we see some some societal change. Yeah. Well, I've got another, I've got another change, question. Change, change occurs when the, the pain of where we are becomes greater than the pain involved in moving. So it's just going to hit a critical point where there has to be enough suffering for people to go, right, it's a problem. Now we need to find a different way. But hopefully there's people in place that can create that new pathway and not just have the same people to try and create a similar system. Yeah. So back to this uh, little interview that I was reading, Melanie, I've got one more from that, which I think is really interesting. You said your secret skill is listening to and trusting your intuition. I would love to know an example of this can be personal or business, but I would probably prefer a business one because this is more because that this trusting your intuition is we would uh, say is more of a feminine energy and one that wouldn't have been seen a hell of a lot in business it would have systems in place what are my kpis i make decisions based on past data and all that i'd love to know an example of maybe you using your intuition um at some point yes um oh there are so many and happens on a daily basis um daily daily um what's one that i could share i don't know like sometimes i i almost you feel it like if i have to make a decision and it's not right sometimes i'll feel sick about it if it's if it's not aligned yeah and so i'm like oh i can't do that um let me think about one Uh, oh it just happens so often well, while you're coming up with one, Emma and I were talking about this yesterday. We had a five and a half hour drive, and and it was funny how we we got together. I was meant to come to Brisbane for a work thing, but I just heard something say, "Don't go to Brisbane. You're meant to go to this work party," and, and we're working together at the time. And um, and so I, I cancelled my flight, and I just turned up unannounced to this this work Christmas party. And next thing you know, that night we hooked up and she made the best decision of her life and no. she's living happily ever after. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful Lucky thing. No. <laughs> but, but I said to her, and I, I said in the car, I was like, it sounds really weird, uh, especially for a bloke to talk about this, but I just, I just, and I'm like, where does that come from? Like there, there's so much we don't know, so much we can't see, you know, the energy, if we put some glasses on the sort of energy, it would live in a very different reality. I so love I was just that. Like, I want those glasses. That would be so amazing. Oh. But, oh, but where, where, do, where does that, like, and, and for me, and, and there's no way to define it yet, and maybe between lives or something, but um, it's like that's that's come to me. That This is to me saying it's all preordained. It's all, it's all, there's a pathway for us. And, and to me, listening to that tuition it's a signpost of this is where you're meant to be, Nick. And I know when I've gone against that intuition, I've ended up in the woods very alone and very afraid. So I've always had to come back to that path. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, all of that. Like, and is it a bit the spirit? Is it the consciousness? Is it our subconscious? Like sometimes if I don't know the answer to something, I think about it, then I go to sleep and I wake up and I've got the answer. I've got an amazing idea and I'm like, oh, this has come to me. It's not from me. That's probably your Akashic records. Probably my Akashic records. And they're like, Mel, get back to this. And then I'm like, right, guys, now we're going to do this. Like, so it happens a lot. Um, And I had to make a decision once. This was a big one. Uh, I had to make a decision and it, it was lawyers involved and everything. And I didn't want to make the decision they were trying to get me to make, but I made it, right? And then I, my dad was with me and I said to my dad on the way out, I feel sick. I did not want to make that decision. And Dad said, ring them and tell them you made the wrong decision. I was like, really? Could I do that? He goes, of course you can. Like, yes. You know when you're not thinking straight. Just ring them. Yeah. So I rang them and I said, actually, I'm really sorry, but I've made the wrong decision and I don't want that to happen. And they were like, yeah, cool, okay. But, I, you know, it actually made me feel like I knew I, I didn't want to make it. I made it. I felt sick. Change it. And that was a that was a big big thing, um, but little things like that happen every day. Like, oh yeah, or don't go there, or you should be doing this, or ring that person, or that person. And once so you're in not- that flow or whatever, more and more of it happens. So you just believe it, and then it becomes like, oh, that does work. So then you keep the trust it. gets greater. So my, yeah. my understanding, my interpretation of that, listening to you is, is and my fact, we talk about cognitive distortions, so creating 
spaghetti brain and we can't see straight or think clearly or we have cognitive clarities and you know the distortions create a lot of suffering a lot of anxiety depression guilt anger and so when our mind we have a we use a lot of buddhist philosophy and mind fit so when we have a liberated mind or a mind free of, of bondage then we're not in that suffering we're actually our mind is so more open to receiving that that intuitive knowledge and it's mm. because it can access we can access those different levels of consciousness um, yeah. instead of being all just bound up and living in oh god what if and 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 you know the the mental chatter is so loud you can't actually tune in to that so once again to me it just sounds like you've got a lot of cognitive clarities happening there's a lot of a lot of inner peace and and, and I mean, there's obviously anxiety and stress and whatever but beyond that there's, there seems to be a, a really beautiful sense of peace where you can reach those those planes of consciousness and, and tap into them mm. yes yes hope so <laughs> Just a reflection. I do do meditation, go meditation at night and stuff. The Akashic Records is one that I do often. So, yeah, maybe when I wake up, it's there. Mm. It tapped in, tapped into it. Tapped I've, in. I've told oh, this. Oh. Why not? I'll take anything that I can tap into that makes it better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the help we can get. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but there was a story years and years ago um, with Michael Jackson and um, one of his handlers. He'd been on tour and done all these shows and like literally physically at the point of collapsing, so exhausted. And he went yeah. to go to bed and he jumped up because he had some new idea for a bit of music or something. And they're like, Michael, go back to bed. You're exhausted. He goes, no, I need to act on this now. Otherwise, Prince will do it. <laughs> Which is the idea that it's, it's floating around in the ether and someone's going to do it. Someone's yeah. going to do yeah. it. So let me be the one that does it. Yeah. Let me be the one. Yeah. Melanie, tell us about the um, the online retreats. And is this a response yeah. to COVID and lockdowns and that kind of thing? Uh, partly. So we've always wanted. So the, the very first one in Bird Rock, we used to do sort of retreats and people, would, groups would come and we'd do activities and yoga and tarot card reading and food. And, and then we that sort of we moved away from that a bit but then we always wanted to take people on retreat and we had planned to do an online so our online retreat is content because one package is just content and then one package is where you can get 12 months of content plus gift vouchers plus product because we wanted to make it a touch and feel thing as well anyway so we were going to film it all down here and then in the first lockdown i was trapped in byron bay um terrible poor thing i got my boys to start soccer up there at the local um byron bay soccer club i was talking to one of the mums and i said i was going to do this program and we had everybody ready to film down there but now we're on lockdown and she goes just do it up here right so this is one of those moments Mm -hmm. and i said what do you mean she goes well i know this yoga teacher that you could ring this person who's and then my other girlfriend up there she's a hairdresser she found a makeup (laughs) artist then I'd found someone who had had a treatment with before who I loved, so I rang her and she goes, well, me and my partner were doing sound bowl healing. Then we found a place. Someone said, go to this place. The guy was from Lawn. He goes, I know, Tash, who works with you. Anyway, it all came together. And we filmed our first retreat program in Byron Bay. The film crew and everybody that we worked with were amazing. So then they came down to Victoria and shot our second one. And then our third one we're shooting now back up in Byron and we're doing Qigong tapping. There's a sexual health practitioner coming on and talking. So, yeah, the idea was to give, so we look after people's well-being through the services we provide, the, the product we make and the content and education. So this was just another step in allowing people to have tools to help shift their energy. It's not a get weight weight loss program. It's a if you want it, it's meditation, it's all of those things. Actually, what you guys do would be awesome on it too, so we'll talk more later. But um, just giving people tools and they can tap into it whenever they want. So, yeah. And then we sell it to corporates and just customers. Unreal. It's a beautiful thing. We, uh, yeah, I'm starting to do a 12-week online program because it's all about educating. It's all about handing, providing the tools and resources. When a, yeah. when a client comes in, I say it's like they've got a blindfold on and a tool belt that's missing all the tools. So we just start yeah. creating some awareness and start empowering with some tools and yeah. give them ownership over their own happiness and health and well-being instead of yeah. keep needing everyone to fix them, just, just yeah. getting themselves into that space. So. 
One oh. day I would like to then take people who do our online. We'll actually go to retreat. So we'll hire. We have, we have, we have, we have Acacia. Acacia is set up. Oh, he's, yeah. he's just in the process of being set up. So. Um, It'd be awesome though. So good. Like they do it. A friend of what does he? Um, he's got something in Bali. I've forgotten the name of it now. And people hire it out, and they take people over there and do retreats. But we could do it in Australia. Yeah. Well, that's, we're going to hire hire Acacia out to to, yeah. to other practitioners to run their retreats. But our retreats, yeah. so Emma, Emma, my partner, she does sound healing. She does Pilates, yoga. She's a myotherapist. She's perfect. Yeah, sound healing, gut healing. Um, she does all that stuff, and then I do the mental health stuff. So it'll all be there. Yeah, ace. So yes. Well, that's look at you. Look at Ryan's smiling up there he's like he's just sitting back watching going oh connections beauty <laughs> it is i'm loving it i'm loving it i think um yeah this has been a wonderful chat melanie i've really loved having you on and i think it's um really inspiring i think uh, for myself and, and i assume nick and also the listeners to see someone who can be confident within themselves can accept themselves love themselves take big risks do big things and and maintain who they are and those values through the whole lot i think it's incredibly inspiring and i know i feel inspired after after chatting to you today but doing so with a sense of trust, not fear, and that's the yep. beautiful thing I love about this. And it's it's just you know, connecting to that energy is wonderful. So, yeah, hat off to you. Congratulations. Yes, Thank and everyone, where, where can they get in touch? Just uh, the website in Dota Spa or the online retreat yep. stuff. It's all there. Yeah, all there. Yeah, all there. They Easy. will find their way to it. <laughs> <laughs> You're trusting. You're trusting. Yeah, we'll, we'll get in front of the people that it needs to get in front of. <laughs> Lovely, Melanie. Really appreciate having you on today and for allowing us to chat to you for the past hour or so. Pleasure. And we'll, we'll talk later about my... I need to learn more about MindFit. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, well, we're, we're in Warrington. You guys are out at Cool Store, so we're not too yeah. far away. Yeah. And I know Which so many people... Back? One of my friends, um, Caitlin Marshall, she's been yeah, designing... Caitlin. Designing. Yeah, Caitlin is a clanger. I love Caitlin. Gun. Gun. She and I, yes, she and I have. I can share a lot of stories about Caitlin if you'd uh, we like to hear some. <laughs> yeah. should, I stop, <laughs> should I just stop on the recording? No, no, Caitlin's amazing. No. And she ran all our shop fits with Janelle, um, yeah. another girl that works with us, and just, you know, gets the job done. So cool. I love yeah, her. But it's, it's great having Steph, you know, having that connection through you guys through Steph staff because she gives me a lot of insight as well and i'm like oh okay well there's some potential there to do some stuff there so yeah, yeah we'll chat we'll chat later yeah ring me when you're back yeah all right beautiful all thank right. you thank, everybody. You, thank you everyone for tuning in thank you nico as always thank you melanie we'll see you all next week bye-bye peace Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.